0: Hello, my babies, and welcome to Poker in the Ears. I'm Uncle Daddy. I'm Joe Stapleton. He's my work wife, James Hardigan. Happy pulled pork day, Joe. Ooh, I'm in Chicago, Illinois. Not particularly famous for its barbecue, but I bet I can track some down today. Coming up on today's show, the online stuff is done for a little while. It's time to get back get back out there. Here we go, buddy. Get back out there into the real world. And we are headed to a spot on the globe we've never been to before. EPT Cyprus is less than a week away for us. I believe it's already started for Correct. everyone else. Yeah. And such, this is our EPT Cyprus preview show.
1: Yeah. And this is a, an interesting event to preview because not only is it a destination that the European Poker Tour has never been to before, it's somewhere in the world that I personally have never been to before.
0: Same. And I, you know, you've probably been to more places than I have. I've never been to Cyprus. And since none of us have been to Cyprus before, we kind of yep. rack our brains to come up with a name of someone who had and someone who was worth interviewing. And we came up with Daniel DeVoris. Daniel has been to Cyprus on the Triton Poker Tour. He's certainly someone that's made enough of a name for himself on the European Poker Tour. So he is on the show today. In addition to Daniel, remember that chatty dude from Barcelona, Wouter? Wouter, Wouter Belts? We had all those arguments, whether it's Wooter or Vouter or Wouter. It's Wouter. Wouter Belts is this week's superfan, and he has challenged me to the movie Tenet.
1: Just to be clear, we do think that he is more a superfan of Patrick Antonius than this podcast. But nonetheless, he qualifies as a superfan. He's on the show, and that is the movie he's picked.
0: Yes. Now, I know I mentioned for a couple of weeks that I've been looking forward to rewatching the movie Tenet, and I was. I didn't do it. Um, We'll get to that
1: later. What have you watched, if anything?
0: I watched an excellent comedy that was on Hulu here in the States. I'm hoping it is everywhere. It was called Theater Camp, and it was very funny, very touching, just a uh, probably fairly family-friendly movie. Just a hilarious movie in uh, start to finish. One of those, I haven't seen one in a while, like a mockumentary yeah. type of movies and had a great time with it. Uh, did you watch anything that you loved?
1: I am loving, I'm halfway through the Justified miniseries, City oh, Primeval. Oh, Yeah. Uh, four episodes in, and I'm really enjoying it. It helps that I just love that character. It helps that I have a huge man crush on Timothy Olyphant. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'm really into it. So looking, I was forward pretty to- sick of
0: it by episode four. I'm glad that really? you haven't. Uh, no, yeah, because it's at like all. I not thought the all. first three episodes were great. Then there were like three episodes that could have easily been chopped out. And then, as usual, the ending is really, really good. So I'm excited to talk to you about the end. Of it uh, when you finally get there. I guess you're probably in the same spot as me. Like, there's a new season of Loki. I didn't.
1: Well, uh, you have to remember, I didn't like the first season of Loki. I know some people raved about it, but I think it's very clear whenever Marvel comes up on this podcast that I'm a little bit over it now. Um, I'm not really keeping up with what's going on in the MCU phase. 13 Section 6. I'm just, I'm a little bit done. I I bailed on the Nick Fury show after one episode. I thought it was awful. Um, And yeah, I I have no interest in watching it at all.
0: Look, I did like Loki. I just have a little bit of Marvel and Star Wars fatigue. I didn't watch Ahsoka. I didn't even I, attempt I, to watch Nick Fury.
1: I, I Just to be clear, again, I would urge you to not watch Ahsoka until you immerse yourself in some of the felony back catalogue, i.e. the animated shows Clone Wars and Rebels. Otherwise, you won't get anything out of it. I don't think Ahsoka was a particularly good series, but if you are a fan of Star Wars Rebels, you'll get a lot out of it. Um, yeah. But it's interesting. Um, our producer, Chris made the point a couple of times, and he's 100% right. It's getting really painful now watching shows filmed inside the volume because as impressive visually as those backdrops are, everyone just stands there. Uh, It's like the prequels. It's people standing there talking with not a lot of action. Whether it's a green screen or whether it's uh, a projection, there's not a lot of scope for movement and action. It's conversation.
0: Well, it's kind of like um, like VR a little bit, right? Like when you go to do these VR experiences, you kind of know they're limited by the size of the room that you're in. Yeah. And the action is also limited because they don't want you smashing VR, like running into walls and shit, exactly. wearing all the expensive VR equipment. So you know there's going to be like a lot of walking and standing and shooting. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, by the way, why are you in Chicago, Illinois? Uh,
0: I'm in Chicago because I came up with this game show format that I like sent to my management a couple of months ago, and they really loved it. And um, you know how things happen in Hollywood and people are like, yeah, this is good. And they sent it to their bosses and their bosses were like, yeah, this is good. They're like, we should shoot this. Well, they decided that they were going to rent out the Laugh Factory in Chicago, fill it with people, and we're shooting this game show tonight. Um, like a live version of it to turn it into a sizzle reel. So
1: wow. So this um, is this is not quite a pilot. This is a a taste. A teaser.
0: They call it a pilot presentation is what they call it. Right. So yeah. So we're gonna do two run throughs of of the game show tonight. So last night I got here. We were supposed to um, we were supposed to do like a tech walkthrough in the day. So I took like a seven a.m. flight out of L.A. And uh, unfortunately, my tech guy, who's someone we both know well, um, who is doing this for free, uh, I flew him to Chicago to help us with it. He missed his flight. So we ended up having to do the tech stuff after the Laugh Factory closed for the night last night. So this wasn't Um, the
1: case that you could sub, that you could get a big bag of spanners out and sort out yourself.
0: Nah, he, he created some custom software so that we could keep score in the game and everything. So it was all on his laptop. But um, I did get to do some comedy last night. And the last time I was here in Chicago, both times I performed at The Laugh Factory, I thought I just did okay. And last night I finally nailed it. So, um, oh, 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 and I forgot, quick little World Series of Comedy update. Uh, it was two cruise lines that were interested in me. And uh, I am gonna chat with them. I don't think that it would ever work out given my schedule um, you know, with poker, that I could go out on a three month cruise. But I am going to start chatting with them just to see if if it, if it would be possible if they, you know, and if so, what it would take. But oh, can I you imagine fact, me as a cruise
1: line comic? I love the fact that Norwegian Cruises has got competition. I love the fact there's going to be two cruise line companies in a bidding <laughs> war for the services of Joe Stapleton. This is amazing. neither of
0: which I can fulfill because I don't know if you know this or not, but cruise lines um, they they require you to have usually like two to three hours worth of material, and one of them has to be completely clean. So yeah. you've seen my act a bunch of times. How
1: many minutes of clean material do you think I have? Not many.
0: <laughs> Not a whole lot. I mean, lot. it's
1: it's definitely single digits. It might even be a fraction of a single digit.
0: I think I think I could get it up to fifteen minutes if I really stretched <laughs> <laughs> it. <Okay.
1: laughs> Um, quick shout out to a few of our fans on Discord who've commented on the last episode of the podcast. Uh, Big Andy 18 says, Love the latest episode. And much like James, I knew the answers to all of the Raiders of the Lost Ark questions, bar the dog one. Uh, just some pure run bad for the Superfan. As a fellow Scott, I have sympathy. Yes, of course, you are on a roll. You had a victory in Superfan versus Stapes last week, Joe. Um, it's going to be one for one. It is the last episode of the Mystery Cash Challenge on the Stars YouTube channel this weekend. Um, Juan Batar says, Hale, hey, I've just finished the third episode. So he's a few behind. My God, Alex is running hotter than the sun. That call against Fab was awesome in episode one. I think we'll be seeing more of Alex in the future
0: yeah let's hope so Uh, I will say that if you uh, haven't watched the mystery cast challenge it's definitely worth watching and it's worth watching to the end there's like a funny little Easter egg at the end of it Um, one of the mystery prizes they were talking about the entire time finally makes an appearance at the very end of the series so watch to the very end
1: yeah I should point out after this Saturday all six episodes will be available so if you haven't started watching it yet you can blow through the entire thing inside of three hours so Bucky14 is going to get the prize for comment of the week. Hey, the last pod was great. Love how classy Benny is and really bad luck for the superfan with the questions. I loved the 86 Hugo and Tonya Harding jokes on the Mystery Cash Challenge and I'm sure most of the people didn't get the Hugo one. Keep up the great work and looking forward to the final Mystery Cash episode and the next pod. Thank you, Bucky. We're going to be in touch to get your details. We're going to send you something small, but nonetheless a token of our appreciation in the post. See, it's worth chiming in on the Discord. Absolutely. And remember, we always link to the Pokestars Discord server in the podcast description. Do you go home to LA after Chicago, or are you flying straight from...
0: I have two two nights in L.A. before we head to Cyprus. Yes, I'm going back. Yes, because, in
1: case you hadn't realized already, we are off on our travels again. Mm. Can you believe there are just two stops left? in the 2023 season of the European Poker Tour and the penultimate stop is a brand new destination, a brand new venue. And as we said at the top of the show, unlike Paris, which was also new in 2023, we've never been here before. No idea of what to expect. We're going to Cyprus, we're going to the Merit Royal Diamond Hotel, Casino and Spa, which I think looks really nice from the pictures I've seen. And there is a great guide to the venue by Howard Swains on the PokerStars blog and we're going to speak to someone who knows that venue really well in just a moment. But there's always something appealing, Joe, anytime there is a, a new EPT, right? We love the established stops, we love the familiarity, but we also like the variety from time to time.
0: Yeah, look, I, I love a new s- stamp in the passport. One of the sort of... One of the things that always happens with this job is people Look, I'm not going to lie. People are impressed with it, right? People are impressed that I travel the world covering poker, and I will admit that it gets less impressive for me when they're like, oh, you're going to Barcelona? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to Barcelona for the 13th time, Um Yes, that's a cool thing to do, but what's even cooler to me is being able to say I've been here, I've been there, like the 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 list lengthening yeah. is one of the things that kind of feeds my ego. I like saying that we're going to a new part of the world and Cyprus is uh is is a little further east than I'm used to going. Uh, I'm sure the culture there will be different than what we're used to in most of the European stops we go to. I don't know how much culture we'll see at the at the Merit, Royal, Diamond, Hotel, Casino, and Spa, but I bet it's something.
1: I'm going to say that this is a resort EPT, probably not dissimilar to how we started the year at Bahama in the Bahamas, where we are going to be very much on site the whole time. I'm not Sure. sure there's much around, but the resort itself, as I said, looks spectacular, and we'll get Daniel's view on that in just a moment. I did
0: a little bit of research on the island for the game that we'll be playing with Daniel later, and there's some conflicting stories about this, but like, it supposedly has some of the cleanest and nicest beaches in the world um, at this resort, some of the clearest water in all of Europe. That's the kind of stuff we don't really see super often, especially when we don't go to the Bahamas.
1: I'm glad that you highlighted how far East Cyprus is, and when I looked on a map, I was like, oh, wow, it's over there which would make sense because it is near enough a five hour flight from London and it's also two time zones over. I had naively assumed that we were going to be Central European time because we normally are. No, Cyprus functions on Eastern European time, currently Eastern European Summer Time. So, When we talk about our streaming schedule, when we talk about on-air times, remember that is one hour ahead of Central Europe, two hours ahead of London, seven hours ahead of the East Coast of North America, and 10 hours ahead of the West Coast of North America. It's a bigger time difference than what we are used to.
0: Man, so you're saying when I leave LA on Sunday, I'm already going to be 10 hours late?
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing which I realized last night is that the dollar symbol in the PokerStars live app is not a typo. All of the tournaments in Northern Cyprus are being played in U.S. dollars. So it is a $5,000 main event oh. rather than a 5,000 euro main event. Now, obviously, we've played in dollars at the PCA, but I don't think we've ever had an EPT on the European soil that's played in dollars. What, what is the dollar to euro right now? It was pretty close last time it's I checked. Reasonably it's reasonably close been to a while. Fair. Okay. It's reasonably close. But those are the two little quirks which I discovered in the last couple of days. Outside of that, I don't want to say same old, same old. Um, we are streaming the last five days of the main event. So, yeah, we did some extra days from Monte Carlo and Barcelona, but it's the kind of core proposition from... Cyprus, picking up the action on day two of the main event, which is the 18th of October, which will be the day that they're likely to make the money, following all the way through to Sunday the 22nd when they'll play down to a champion. So, so
0: James, really quick, not quite same old, same old. One thing I'll, I'll give away about the game we're giving to Dan right now is one of our favorite foods was invented in Cyprus. Do you know? Do you have a guess? No. It's a food that you and I often will add to our meals...
1: Add to our meals.
0: Yes, we will get We will get our meal. Add Are this. Are you
1: talking about what I would add to my favorite meal at the Mercedes Benz of fast food restaurants?
0: Correct. Yes, to your chicken oh, wrap. You would yes. often add what? Halloumi. That's correct. And halloumi was invented in Cyprus. And I know this sounds silly. I'm excited to eat halloumi <laughs> in the place that was invented
1: doesn't really impact on the streaming schedule but thank Sorry. you for that hashtag fun fact <laughs> uh, we will be live at 12:30 local times that's 12:30 Eastern European summertime every day bar the final date when we're live at 1 p.m. local uh, and it is the usual stream team so we've established that Joe and I are going to Cyprus Griffin's making the trip Nick's making the trip Maria not making the trip, so she will be joining us live via satellite. Maria, it will actually be on official PokerStars business in New York City. I'm sure we'll learn more about that down the line, but she will join us during the latter part of the day taking into account the time difference so you will be hearing her vocal tones as we bring you action from the cypress main events
0: classic Um, maria is that she gets the poker stars assignment that's one flight from her house and i get the poker stars assignment that's like seven
1: yes (laughs) (laughs) and of course we have got the mini ept cypress online series running alongside the live stream again i think people now know what to expect um If you open the PokerStar software, it's going to have its own dedicated tab on the main lobby. So again, I know that these tournaments aren't available everywhere in the world. If you don't see mini EPT Cyprus in the lobby, chances are it's not available to you. But for most people in the global market, it will be. Three tournaments every day, fixed times of the day. $60,000 in added value in this series. I know people complain about the lack of free rolls. And I'm not averse, by the way. having a couple of free rolls in this series and maybe i'll talk to the guys when we get to prague about making a couple of the events in the series a free roll but the fact that we add 60k in power path tickets and power passes i think is pretty cool and that is no truer than on the final day where we have two mini main events One is a $5.50 buy-in, the other is a $55 buy-in, and we are adding silver passes and gold passes to these tournaments. So the winner of both mini main events is going to get a gold pass. And again, this is the whole deal with PowerPath, right? You decide how you want to use those passes, but if you wanted to, you could transfer that pass to play the final stop of EPT 2023. That would get you a really good package to come to Prague In December so again we're always trying to look ahead and give you the opportunity to join us at the next EPT by playing that mini series that runs across the five days of our live streaming 15 tournaments over those five days
0: I'm so jealous I'm so jealous of a $55 online poker tournament and I'm so jealous that gold power passes are added to it
1: oh god I would love to play those um okay Let's get the inside track on what we can expect when we arrive in Cyprus this weekend. By the way, Joe, what day are you arriving?
0: Uh, I leave on Sunday, which means I probably get there, I think, on Monday afternoon.
1: Okay, Okay. so I'll be there at the weekend. I'll be there from Sunday. You'll be there from Monday. Um, We've established that the Merit has hosted its fair share of big poker tournaments, including several Triton events, which means Super High Roller regulars like Daniel DeVores, probably know this place like the back of their hand. At least that's what we're hoping because we've invited (laughs) Daniel onto the podcast to talk about it. Hello, Daniel.
2: Hello. Thanks for having me here.
1: Uh, Not at all. And congratulations, first of all, on your deep run slash near miss in the WCOOP main event last week.
2: Yeah, that was uh, a bit of a painful one. I think I've had a couple of deep runs in either the WCOOP or the SCOOP. Um, But I think the highest I've ever finished was sixth or something.
0: Are you the sort of person that after a deep run like that, are you sticking around to watch? Are you pushing away from the keyboard for the rest of the day? Like how does the news get to you of who eventually won it?
2: I don't really ever keep watching. Um, Generally what I find is after a tournament like that, Especially when it's like the last big one in the series, there's just a giant adrenaline dump, mm. and I just want to like get away from the computer and go do something else and decompress. And I'm also not much of a like. I don't really watch or like sweat final tables or anything. Mostly, I find things out because I have friends that do, and yeah, uh, they all talk about it. So I kind of like find out through the
0: grapevine. You just eventually, um, in your group chat, sort of get curious and finally we'll read about what happened.
2: Yeah, we're all kind of pieced together what happened just from the discussion <laughs> that's taken place or like the emojis that are being posted or whatever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, key question. What can you tell us about Cypress? First of all, how many times have you been there?
2: Uh, at least two, maybe three Right. Yeah, the the stops kind of blend together after a little bit. Yeah, um,
1: tell us about it.
2: Uh, Cyprus is awesome.
1: It oh, seems like yeah. you had a
0: pretty good trip there in May, but honestly, I don't even know what constitutes a good trip when it comes to Triton. So it, it might have been, I, you know, I, I, it's probably pretty frustrating for someone like you or someone be like, "Hey, good job in this," and you are like, "Yeah, no, I didn't make any monies." <laughs>
2: yeah it's uh pretty easy to get uh, to rack up a lot of buy-ins at the triton stop for sure uh and then yeah sometimes you see some caches and it turned out to like not be a winning trip uh but i think i've generally done pretty well there and yeah cyprus is a great place to play poker i personally love it there um it's so first of all everything's in one place which i really like and for me, I'm a pretty simple person, especially when it comes to being on a poker trip. I like yeah. scene. Like, I like there being food available. I like not walking very far to the poker room. And then little things as well. Um, I think it's... I mean, the times that I've been there anyway, which I think I've been there both in spring and fall, it's always been incredibly sunny. Uh, like, I don't think it's been not... Full sun every morning once, um, and that's kind of I, I find that really good uh, because you wake up, you go to the beach, you get some sunlight in your eyes, and it's a good way to start the day before you
1: play poker. I tell you what, you're doing a great sales job. I'm going to Cyprus. <laughs> I've decided.
0: <laughs> it, yeah, uh, you should. From scouring your various social media uh, to sort of prepare for this, you do seem to be a bit of an outdoors person. I don't know if that's a recent thing or whatever, but uh, you are not the type that just rolls out of bed then and goes straight to the poker tournament.
2: Yeah, I can't do that. Uh, I mean, sometimes you know you have days like that where you play a cash game or you just play like a really late uh, final table or whatever the day before. And then you get to your room at 1 or 2 a.m. And then your adrenaline still a little bit high. You don't get to sleep until 3 or 4 in the morning. And then, yeah, you wake up and restarts at 12.30 or 1. And then you got to go play. Uh, but generally speaking, I'll always get at least like 30 to 60 minutes of doing something outside. Um, that, that's always been pretty important to me.
1: Now, one of the things that we do know about this resort, because – it's in the kind of second line of the description is it's an all-inclusive resort which sounds incredible but when i think back to a kid some of the holiday camps i got taken to which were all-inclusive i start to worry about the standard of food i'm taking it that i don't have anything to worry about here
2: oh yeah this is a very uh different experience than um i think going to um, actually, I won't name any places because, you know, I don't want to talk shit about, like, <laughs> oh, like, this island sucks or that island Do sucks. Do you have
0: – sorry, I just – one thing I saw was a Poke Bowl in the Bahamas possibly might be uh, uh, on your list oh, of that, things.
2: That did – yeah. How did you uh, pick that up? That did get me sick. Um, <laughs> and uh, that may or may not be one of the places. Uh, but, yeah, th- this is totally different. The uh, – First of all, Mediterranean food is just awesome, um, and I find the food quality there is really good, and there's a large variety. Um, I have a couple of friends that are vegan, um, and they seem to do totally fine there as well. Uh, I'm more of a eat a lot of meat and fish kind of guy, and I love it there.
1: Cool.
0: And do you? I sometimes with an all-inclusive resort, there's like. Uh long lines or there's like you want to uh, you know avoid the buffet at this particular time of night do you have any tips or tricks uh that you use particularly i know you a routine guy anything that your routine taught you to go at this particular time or all the all the best crab legs are dumped out at 5 p.m type of stuff
2: you know so um the crab legs question is an excellent one because i i love octopus <laughs> so i've been trying to like nail down when the buffet puts the octopus out and i still haven't figured it out and i I tried like reasonably hard Uh, so i don't know like i don't know if they just have like this rotating thing where it's hard to predict uh but as far as lines go uh, i've not experienced anything where it's just too busy Uh, i don't recall which ones but i think the either the royal or the premium or the diamond or two of those three are, um, they're adults only. So that tends to be like a little bit less busy, nice. um, no, no kids uh, running around. So, um, yeah, I would say, uh, seek out one of those, but I've also just never had an issue with there being too many people.
0: No, that's perfect. I like to avoid kids as much as possible. If I can do anything for you as a thank you for this interview, I'm also going to be on the case for the octopus, and so maybe I can slip you a tip for the next time you're there.
2: <laughs> yeah, but, but but like, make sure you don't like tweet about it or whatever, because right. it's got to be just arping. me and you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Daniel, just moving on to you a little bit. I feel like we've squeezed all the info we can out of uh, the resort from you. Your, I, I, don't typically uh, use someone's Wikipedia page uh, as a way to like springboard for an interview, but I did read yours, and it was kind of interesting because it kind of tracks. Actually, your Wikipedia page says that you prefer to stay out of the spotlight. Is that accurate?
2: Um, to a certain extent, I don't think I like actively avoid the spotlight. It's just not something uh, that like I ever seek. Um, But yeah, I wouldn't say like I purposely avoid the spotlight or anything.
0: So if it happened, if all of a sudden you became more of a household poker name and or tons of TV attention, you you would be okay with it?
2: Yeah, I'd be okay with it. Uh, It's just not... um, Yeah, I guess it's just not something that I seek. Um, Yeah, poker for me has always just been... um, something i enjoy uh and i think things like popularity uh, and like all the extracurriculars that come with it um they they just don't really jive with my personality i don't think
0: yeah that so that same article describes you as and I, I hopefully these are your words vegas averse
2: um i don't think those are yeah actually I, I think i it's been a while since I looked at my Wikipedia page uh but I actually don't know uh where they got the um, yeah all of their info uh, from but anyway yeah I sorry just to clarify took, is someone yeah.
1: implying that there's information on Wikipedia that might not be one hundred percent accurate because this is a huge uh, yeah, shock.
0: I, yeah I think that happens sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> It's part of the reason I don't usually use it to base things off of, but I did want to find out if that was true and if so, you know, what is it that I guess it must come from somewhere. What is it that draws you to poker if not some of those things that draw other people like like the spotlight, like Vegas?
2: Um, I, I would say it's just a really great game uh, that I think um, you know, as far as Games go in an age of computers and AI. It's, um, um, you know, stood the test of time-ish, so to speak. Um, I think it's an incredibly complex game. There's always going to be the human element. uh, And even without the human element, I think it's just um, a beautiful and complex game. So I I think that's always drawn me to it. And I've always been a pretty competitive person. So that's, um, you know, kind of a way to scratch that itch. Um, winning money is also nice, obviously. Um, Uh, but yeah, it it hasn't really ever been like the spotlight for me.
0: Do you ever think about what it is you would be doing if it weren't poker?
2: I'm, um, sometimes. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I, I think my answer would have changed, uh, kind of throughout different stages of my life. Um, honestly, if I tried to do something else, uh, right now it would, um, likely be something that involves, um, either biology or, um, environmental stuff. And I'd try to do, um, stuff that has to do with, uh, with the outdoors,
0: Yeah. So I noticed that you have, first of all, we're, we're talking to you over Zoom. We can see that you've got a bunch of plants behind you, like way more than, uh, (laughs) we would expect any poker player to have. Your, um, Instagram is full of you hiking and ice fishing. Um, sort of is, you said that things change for you over the course of your life. Is this a a new thing that you're passionate about? or Have you always been this way?
2: I've always been that way. Um, I think yeah, I started going on outdoor trips uh, with my parents when I was maybe like four or five, um, and I've always, yeah, I've always liked everything to do with nature, um, and I've always felt it necessary to um, keep connected to nature, and I, and I think it's especially important uh, when you're playing uh, when you're playing poker a lot to have something outside of poker that is. Um, That is there to kind of, you know, when things aren't going well in poker, something to disconnect with um, a way to decompress. Um, And yeah, also, it's just kind of kept me grounded, I think, through the years.
0: Yeah, I, um, I, I don't want to falsely associate you, but I do associate you with some of the other sort of Canadian high rollers, like uh, maybe a Sam Greenwood, for example. And y'all as a group kind of come across me as people who do understand the value of doing things outside of poker. Are these sort of your your activities that you do, hiking, nature, that sort of stuff, do you have a hard time convincing the other poker player friends of yours to, to have these sorts of experiences or are they just as well-rounded as you are?
2: Um, Most of my friends, I think tend to be uh, well-rounded. They're maybe not as crazy about all the nature stuff, but they have um, other things going on. Uh, And I I really don't. Yeah. I think everyone that I've introduced to doing nature stuff um, has, generally liked it and i think that uh like no one's just like not likes being outside or not like being connected to nature they might dislike certain elements of it uh you know if, if you go camping in june here there's lots of bugs and you're going to get destroyed by mosquitoes um that happens if, if you go ice fishing your hands are going to get cold uh, <laughs> but that that's just one aspect of the whole experience right and i don't think that there's uh, many people that would just be averse to the experience as a whole. Is yeah. there
0: anyone in your group of friends that is not allowed to go with you anymore because they complained too much about the mosquitoes, about the cold hands? You're like, nope, nope, you're done. You're not coming anymore.
2: Um, no, I, I would say the person that complains the most about mosquitoes is definitely my fiancé. But I've also (laughs) taken her to some pretty brutal places, which I shouldn't have. And, uh, you know, that's at least partially on me. And she does uh, react quite severely to mosquito bites.
0: Uh, My girlfriend's the same way. And when she sees one in the house, it's like everything has to stop until the mosquito is destroyed. And it makes me quite irritable. And if I catch her leaving any door or window open, I then react. In a very mean way, because I'm like, you're the one that cares about the mosquitoes. Close the door. Sorry, I might be yeah, sharing too much. Yeah, you'll here. have
2: to. You'll, you're the one that's going to have to deal. Correct. With what's going to happen <laughs> after? Yeah, that's that, that's reasonable.
1: Yeah. Okay. Good. Mosquitoes deserve nothing but 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 death. Um, I was just remembering because you brought up. Sam Greenwood, Joe Griffin told us that story on the live stream about how he was at a Blue Jays game and was hearing this top level analysis coming from a couple of seats behind. He turns around and there's all of the Greenwood brothers discussing the game uh, in excruciating detail. Um, Are you a passionate Canadian sports fan yourself, Daniel?
2: Uh, I I have um, the misfortune of being a Leafs fan. Um, Right. So... Yeah, I do watch a lot of hockey and um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not particular about any of the other sports. Um, You know, I'll watch maybe like half a basketball game a year. Um, I'll go to maybe one or two baseball games a year and watch the Blue Jays, but never on TV. Hockey is really the only um, sport that I follow.
0: Yeah, I can see. Again, I'm so sorry that I just scrolled real far back on your Twitter, mostly because you haven't tweeted in a long time, so it wasn't that difficult. And I see that you tweeted into the NHL with a suggestion about (laughs) uh, about. (laughs) I want to to hear this. (laughs) uh, Let's see. Post-pandemic, how about going to previous ratio of division-conference-league games, but schedule the last 20 games intra division only keeps the current awesome dynamics of playoff races, but still play everyone best of both worlds? I was just wondering, did they take you up on that suggestion?
2: Oh, um, no. Uh, yeah, I can see where I was going with that. I actually think that's pretty good. Uh, but <laughs> as, as a fan, uh, I'm, I'm sure operationally they're just... Uh, well. First of all, I'm sure that no one in the NHL read that tweet. Uh, but even if they did, I'm sure uh, operations would just be like, uh, yeah, travel's too expensive. North America's big. No.
0: Look, I I know that uh, as a company, PokerStars has listened to what you've had to say before on you know ways of structuring things and making things better. I think the NHL would do well to hire you for a couple of days and listen to your ideas I would listen to what you, I would let you fix my life personally actually speaking of that I noticed that you also uh, you. I don't know if you still work with him but Elliot Rowe has been a guest on this show and I saw you uh, credit him with, with some of the I don't know what I don't want to say the success but at least with helping you along the way is that something that you still participate in?
2: Yeah I, I've always found mindfulness uh, very important um, yeah I've I think I started working with Elliot like more than 10 years ago now. Uh, And yeah, we've, we've kept in touch consistently. Um, Yeah. It's, uh, I I think your mental approach and kind of your, um, your mental game is, um, you know, an important element of poker. Uh, I, I just find, yeah, things, when it comes to discussing, um, Things like your mental game. Everyone tends to be so polarized. Like it, it, people are either like, ah, like it, it doesn't it doesn't matter. That's not even what the game is. And then other people are like, if you have the right mental approach, you're gonna win every tournament. Uh, and um, you know, obviously, neither of those approaches are true. But for some reason, people tend to be like very polarized. I think. I think it's an important element of poker and I think the more competitive the games that you play in are and the higher stakes that you play, uh, the more important um, it tends to become Uh, in in part because, you know, all the other edges are so close and everyone is uh, so skilled and also in part because as you're playing higher stakes, uh, stress tends to increase uh, so I've always taken it seriously.
0: Um, yeah. So, what is your routine for getting into that right mindset? Is it a phone call with Elliot? Is it like a, a meditation? What is it that you do specifically? Let's say, let's say you're at Cyprus and you wake up in the morning and you've got a final table for a, a super high roller. Uh, what 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 is it that you do to get into that right mindset?
2: Uh, so, on poker trips, I will try to meditate every day. Um, I don't always, uh, but I try to get 10, 15 minutes in every day. Um, personally, what, what I've found works for me, I don't think that this is something that would work for um, for everyone or maybe no, no one else. Uh, but I do kind of like this uh, slow, deliberate, uh, physically packing, preparing for the day meditation uh, where I'm just like doing... Uh, things at, like, a very slow uh, pace in my hotel room. Uh, And it's, you know, kind of all the same stuff every day, Uh, making sure my, you know, phone charger is uh, charged and in my bag, making sure my passport is in my bag, making sure my casino card is in the right place. Um, And I'll kind of, like, slowly and methodically go through each item, uh, put it in my bag, and something that should take two minutes will maybe take 10 to 15 Uh, and while I'm doing this, um, you know, I tend to be kind of slow methodical and observant. Uh, often I'll also listen to a meditation tape while I'm doing it. Uh, but I, yeah, I tend to switch it up also. Sometimes I'll do an outright, uh, 10, 15 minute meditation.
0: That makes sense. It's just like, you know, I guess in very, very simple terms, like don't be in a rush. Yeah. Have your shit together. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. Like instead of just being like uh, like patting your pockets, like, do I have everything as you're running out the door? It's like, no, I'm just going to give myself the proper time it takes to get ready. And that also helps your your mental focus makes perfect sense.
2: Yeah. I, like I find a lot of a lot of the time at uh, final tables, it's so important to be kind of over deliberate uh, because when you're in a high stress situation, it's so easy to just. Uh, you know, be completely blind to something. Uh, And that makes it very easy to just make like a silly mistake. Like you don't see an open or something uh, because you didn't deliberately scan the table before uh, you looked at your cards and the action was on you. You know, there's a lot of silly things like that that can happen and that can uh, be very easily prevented by being very deliberate.
1: Well, Daniel, I hope you are mentally prepared for the game that joe has prepared for you you described cyprus as awesome (laughs) awesome was your word so we are assuming as we have throughout this interview that you are an expert on all things cyprus related
0: (laughs) oh boy okay so here's the here's the good part it's multiple choice there's it's you're pretty limited as to how bad you can do here uh this game is called don't be a cypriot idiot and it is uh, trivia questions based on the, the good parts of the history of Cyprus. We know that there's bad parts of every place in the world. This is the happy stuff, so don't worry. Nothing controversial okay. here. Question number one, Cyprus lays claim to the oldest manufactured wine in the world, named Commandaria. And it was named during the Crusades, and as such, was served at the wedding of which king? Was it Odin the Destroyer, Vlad the Impaler, Richard the Lionheart, or Eris the Mad?
2: Oh, jeez. Uh, I mean, isn't it just C?
0: It is. Richard the Lionheart, the only one of those kings that existed during the Crusades. Yeah. You're one for one. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that was like a medium question, Daniel. Okay. So don't don't worry too much. All right, here we go. Question number two: The island of Cyprus was once given as a gift from who to whom? Was it from Mark Anthony to Cleopatra, from Alexander the Great to his mother, from Napoleon to Josephine, or from Genghis Khan to General Chow? B. Alexander the Great to his mother is actually not correct. It was a gift from Mark Anthony to Cleopatra. Man, oh, I,
2: I think I actually... thats that probably That sounded what you, vaguely right. That's um, what you meant. We'll just say that's what no, you meant. No, no, that's not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because it sounded vaguely right, but something seemed off to me about it. But yeah, I forgot that that whole
0: thing was a thing. Okay, that makes sense. That was a less deliberate answer, we'll say. Question number three. Cyprus is the first country in the world to put what on its flag? Is it stars, stripes, a map of the country, or a hashtag? A map of the country. Map of the country is correct. We're back on track. Question number four. Which type of cheese was invented in Cyprus? Was it mozzarella? Halume, Teleme, or Monterey Jack? (laughs) Halloumi. Halloumi is correct. Sorry, that one made me laugh too. Okay, question number, there's seven questions, by the way. Here's question number five. A 2005 excavation in Cyprus discovered what is believed to be the world's oldest, over 4,000 years old, the world's oldest factory for what is it? paper perfume pantyhose or parachutes <laughs> um i mean i would assume it's
2: paper uh wait uh okay so it's not, it's not pantyhose it's not parachutes what's the other one that, that's perfume, not perfume
0: perfume and paper
2: I mean, I would assume hmm. time bank card. Using a time bank card. Yeah, I'm definitely using a time bank card. Uh, <laughs> yeah, paper would be kind of a weird one because I would assume that that would be Egypt, and perfume is even weirder. Um, I mean, I I don't think they would have made. Perfume in a factory. I'm
0: gonna say paper. It actually was a perfume factory that they uh, discovered. I think paper uh, was factory. way. Factory. I don't know about <laughs> factory. I know it's weird. That's the word they used. I, that was not my word. The word factory. Pa- but paper I would... was
1: before, right?
0: I think paper I was was later. Was much later, if I remember. But so um, after okay.
1: five questions, you're three and two. You just need one more correct answer to guarantee yourself a winning score.
0: Nice. And the next two are... are, This next one's pretty easy, I think. Uh, Here we go. Question number six. British TV producer Simon Fuller was born on Cyprus. Was Which, Yes. Which of the following shows was his creation? Was it American Idol, America's Got Talent, Survivor, or 90 Day Fiancé? That I have no idea because... um,
2: uh, but I'm
0: gonna go with Survivor. Survivor was a different British TV producer. That okay. one. What's that guy's name again? I forget. Rob Fuller or something? No, Survivor was a
1: Dutch format, I believe.
0: No, that's uh, uh, Rob, Rob, Rob Burnett. Rob Burnett was Survivor, also a British TV producer. American Idol was Simon Fuller. Did create uh, American Idol. Okay. Yeah, I'm awful with that stuff. OK, oh, well, OK. All
2: right. So I, I got to get this one right. If yeah, yeah to get this yeah, one right, It's a tight game average. right now. All right. We're, we're going to game seven in the seven game series.
0: All right. Yes, we are. OK, and this one is ridiculous. <laughs> Question number seven. Uh, Cyprian born, but Canadian later in life, jazz musician Leon Redbone sang the theme song to this popular 80s sitcom in which production was once halted for an entire day because the show's lead actor had to be hospitalized due to sitting on his own testicles. (laughs) (laughs) Go on. Was it Mr. Belvedere, Who's the Boss, Cheers, or Alf? All
2: right, so... It's a uh, TV series that was in the 80s.
0: Yeah, basically uh, none of the question matters except for which 80s TV sitcom star sat in his own testicles and had to be hospitalized. 80s, Do you? Uh, let, let me see if I can help you here. Um, so the lead in ALF was an alien puppet. Yeah, I remember that, but, but the lead, I think
2: that was later than the 80s. The lead in um, Cheers
0: was Ted Danson. The lead in Who's the Boss was Tony Danza, like a good-looking Italian guy, and the lead in Mr. Belvedere was a big family. Um It was about a family that had an English butler. <laughs> uh, wait, so h- hold on.
1: Uh,
2: yeah, I feel like you should have given me the answer when you were giving the descriptions. Uh, I, but all I could think about was like, Well, it would make, I mean, I I know it's, uh, I know it's, or I think it's not Elf, but I was just like thinking, like, it would totally make sense to fit on your testicles, like, if you're wearing that
0: costume, like, I don't, you just get tangled. You can Hardigan. Hardigan, give give him a hint here.
1: Uh, look, I don't think this guy sang the theme song to Cheers. I don't think Who's the Boss had a theme tune with lyrics. So by process of elimination, and the fact that you said the main actor was really, really fat, i <laughs> i don't know for sure, but I'm guessing it's Mr. Belvedere.
0: I forgot that Daniel may not have grown up watching '80s sitcoms, so uh, I-, I-, I did not. I
1: actually,
2: I spoke zero English until like '97, '98. Okay, um, so this
0: one is particularly tough for you. I'll say this, James' logic is I'm, I'm, sound. I'm going
2: to go with Mr. Belvedere.
0: Mr. <laughs> Belvedere is correct. Yeah. An well, 80's when, when, sitcom. You, when, when you don't know the answer, rely on others. 80s sitcom it's where um, starring a former professional baseball player named Bob Uecker, who you may have become familiar with over the years, who is a hilarious, complete train wreck of a person and yes it was about a family in the 80s who somehow ended up with a formal english butler who was a big fat guy sat on his balls at a table read and they had to shut down production for the day
1: (laughs) crucially i do not believe for one second that this show is worth tracking down and revisiting all these years later do not do not waste your time um but thank you daniel for taking the time to talk to us today and we look forward to seeing you out there on the circuit again sometime soon
2: yeah, my pleasure. Um, can I ask
1: who wrote that last question?
0: Uh, I wrote the question. <laughs> oh, like, okay. It makes sense. <laughs> I, I write all the questions. Yeah, I'm an idiot. Don't worry. I am a Cypriot idiot. Daniel, we isn't appreciate it.
2: Isn't it, or is oh, it Cypriot? Oh, probably.
0: It probably is. I'm probably that biggest idiot of all. It probably is Cypriot. I should have looked that up.
2: No, I could just be wrong.
0: Uh,
2: I'm, uh, uh Eng- English isn't my first language, so. Uh, you're, you're probably right.
0: <laughs> uh, it, although it is mine, I get plenty wrong. So um, we're going to leave it at that. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're wrong. Well, it'll be like a twist. Uh, be like the end of Inception.
2: All right.
1: All right, let's introduce this week's super fan. You may remember him from such TV shows as the EPT Barcelona 2023 live stream. Walter Belts, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Walter, we had a lot of fun watching you at one of the feature tables during this year's Barcelona main event. Um, you made our lives easy. We didn't have to say very much because you did all the talking.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I had a lot of fun eating cookies, drinking a coffee, <laughs> taking a break because Wilder was doing all the work.
3: That's so good to hear. Yeah, well, the thing is, at these EPTs, the first few days are kind of boring, right, to watch because there's not much happening. Once, you, Okay, there's there's a situation when you reach the money, then it's interesting. But after you reach the money, it doesn't really matter, right, until the final table.
0: Well, S- sort of. There there are, some, there are some aspects to what you're saying. I take what you're saying without being personally offended by it. There are many moments uh, in poker, tournament poker, that seemingly don't matter. Uh, yes. I get that, yes. yes.
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah. I can understand wanting to pass the time by engaging your table mates in conversation, but exactly. the key question is are you researching a book on Patrick Antonius (laughs) or were you just trying to put him off his A-game? Because he admitted that he wasn't focused. He admitted that he wasn't concentrating. Yeah, of course, it's a win-win for me, right?
3: Because I'm just (laughs) always focusing when I have cards and whenever he has cards, I will always shut up. I mean, that's just table manners, but once you're not in a hand, uh, yeah, you're 85% of the time in a poker tournament, you're just waiting and watching other stuff. Yep. And yeah, if I can distract Victor Antonius and let him make some mistakes and we're my favor as well, it's like a win-win.
0: Of course. So we got a lot of information about Patrick when you were talking to him, but mm-hmm. we don't have a ton on you. I got on the me. impression that you are a semi-successful person regardless of poker. Is that true?
3: Yes, I'd say so. Uh, I went to university. I studied econometrics, which is like a combination of mostly mathematics and some economics. Um, and after that, I uh, got into a uh, trading firm, a high-tier trading firm in the Netherlands um, for a, a year. Um, unfortunately, that's uh, no longer the case. But after that, I got more time to play poker. And that's when I started winning like every major tournament that's around the Netherlands. Uh, it's a really
0: nice, yeah. So you are a full-time poker player now is what you're saying, though.
3: It's kind of... Yeah, transformed into that. It wasn't intentional, I'd say. I mean, I planned on getting a job whenever the contract ended. But if you win so much, why not give it a shot, right? And just see what you can
1: do. Yeah, live live the dream and hope that you can carry on living that dream.
3: And being responsible as well. I, I try to be responsible. I I will never fire an EPT main event completely with my own money. Mm. I won't invest my own 5K into that. I try to be responsible, have a small part of my um, network invested in one tournament at a time, and uh, see how long I uh,
1: I can live the dream. Absolutely. So inviting you onto this podcast, we discovered you're a big fan of the films of Christopher Nolan.
3: Yes, absolutely. Inception has always been my favorite uh, movie of all time. So whenever he uh, announced that he would be releasing Tenet, I was stoked. Yeah, and uh, it sure blew my mind. What I a f- great movie!
0: I feel bad for Inception because I feel like Inception is too much of a popcorn movie to like really get die-hard film nerd fans, and then also it's too much. It's too nerdy to really get the dummy crowd. I feel like oh, it's you- kind of. A, a movie without mm-hmm. a country
1: a little bit. I don't know. I think most film nerds are very accepting of most of Nolan's films, including Inception. Speaking mm-hmm. personally as a huge mm-hmm. film nerd and also a huge James Bond nerd, I'm sure you're aware there is a rumor at the moment that Nolan is on the verge of signing as the director of the next oh, two shit. or three James oh, really? Bond movies. No. And I have really mixed feelings about this. You because don't know I love how Bond. you
0: feel about Joseph Gordon-Levitt as James Bond?
1: uh <laughs> or why do you, i'd love that or or killian murphy uh i think the problem is that christopher nolan is too much of an auteur as a writer director that it wouldn't feel like a james bond movie it mm. would be james bond in a christopher nolan movie uh-huh, and yeah. i'm not sure that he would surrender the creative control that he wants over his movies to deliver a film that would necessarily appease the producers. And I was actually watching something on YouTube recently and someone pointed out the last time they tried to hire a director Mm -hmm. who basically is an auteur was Danny Boyle. That did not work out and he parted company with the producers. So I don't really want them necessarily to go down that avenue, even though I know Christopher Nolan is also a huge Bond fan and borrows so much... From the bond movies uh visually and plot point and stylistically so wow what nice. do you
0: think no one james bond yay or nay uh,
1: yeah i mean
0: yeah
3: I, I just want too. to see it
1: i mean yeah even
3: if it's a flop right let's give it
1: let's- yeah as, as i <laughs> said i have mixed feelings there is a there is yeah. a lot of me that really wants to see it but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. tenet is the movie that you picked yes. because we have had an inception super fan before yeah um, i heard that nice. my primary recollection of this movie is this was the big movie that opened in cinemas after lockdown. Like everything yes. was being released onto streaming services, yes. but Tenet was the movie that yeah. was meant to bring people back to cinemas.
3: Yeah. Christopher Nolan, I think, explicitly said, I want to have it released in theaters. Yeah. Corona was there, but I just want it. And it, it did, was a success, I'd say, even though the, uh, the uh, times that were uncertain, of course. But yeah. It, it, it was a
0: success money. until people saw it. Um I so I mentioned many times on the on the podcast that I really wanted a reason to rewatch this movie. I did not end up rewatching cuz I could not find a single person in my life that was willing to watch this movie again. Really? Oh. Wow. E- everyone was just like, "Nah, did it. Nope, sorry, not doing it again." Why? I'm one of the only people I know that like this movie.
1: Really? Okay. I I did not dislike it, but I feel that I need to see it again because I feel there's a lot more to take away from it yeah. and interestingly i did have patrick's blurb after he re-watched it to compile the quiz mm-hmm. and he confirms that on a second viewing better. you get a lot more out of it yes mm. so i watched
3: it two times in theater actually so i watched it just right after it came out and then like two weeks after with my brother and uh, uh his girlfriend and the second time indeed is way better because let i'm not gonna spoil that much but there are some key elements you just don't see if you haven't seen it before so i watched it uh i think a few days back with my girlfriend and we could pause the movie and i could tell her hey
0: right since yeah. i
3: saw it before this is uh not to that and that's really nice yeah so yeah. second viewing for sure needed the first time i was like what the hell was this movie <laughs>
1: I think there's a very strong chance you're going to win some prizes here. Welter because uh, (laughs) Joe has just confessed that he has not rewatched this film and whatever he went through his brain two and a half, three years ago is certainly not still there, Um, but we shall see. We shall see. Let's go. Um, There are 10 questions on the board. Please give me a number between one and 10. Three. Question number three. So multiple choice options are available if you need them, but if you can answer the question without taking the options, two points. All right. In which city did the protagonist and Neil organize the crash of a plane into a freeport? That's in Oslo. That is in Oslo for two points. Would you have known that, Joe? Yes, I would have gotten that one. Nice. Okay, interesting. Uh, question three is unavailable, Joe. Every other number is.
0: Yes, well, I'm uh, experiencing time inverted, so I'll be doing question two,
1: please. <laughs> Complete the quotation. Oh god. We live in a twilight world. So hard for you. Would okay. you like the multiple choice option? Is this no?
0: about the other movie that guy's in, Twilight? Uh, no, okay. no. It's the um, quote they say so they know they're a tenant.
1: The code word. Okay, yes. yeah, I'll
0: I'll take the I'll take the choices. So Again, boy.
1: very Bondian. Yeah. We live in a Twilight World. Is the following line and there are no friends at dusk? And midnight must be addressed, and allies await at dawn, and balance is restored at sunset. I'm gonna. It's, I think it's either one or two.
0: Can you read me the first two again?
1: And there are no friends at dusk, and midnight must be addressed.
0: Mm, I feel like friends is too obvious for a code word, so I'm gonna go with midnight must be addressed.
1: You are so oh, bad at flips, dude. <laughs> <So close. laughs> yeah. Okay, any number other than two or three? One. What is the last name of Cat's friend who forged a painting? Uh, A repo. It is a repo for two points, and you have a four-nothing lead. Joe, four onwards. Ten. Ed. What vehicle does the protagonist use to steal plutonium as it is being transported? Uh, I'll take the choices. Is it a cement truck, an ambulance, a fire engine, or an ice cream van? A cement truck. Oh, no, it was a fire oh, engine. Come so, <laughs> on, joke. It's a legendary scene
3: where he's on the crane and then...
1: He doesn't the... remember anything. Four, uh, five, six, seven, eight or nine. <laughs> Let's go with eight. How did Neil and the protagonist break into Sanjay and Priya Singh's home?
3: Oh, by it's a mate bungee jumping, reverse bungee
1: jumping. By bungee jumping up the outside, yeah. indeed they do. <laughs> that is another two points for you. It's a nice quote in there because they say like bungee, uh, some sort of, reverse bungee jumping. That's another thing, and then they do it, like, oh, boy. and it becomes yeah. a thing. Four, yeah. five, six, seven, or nine, Joe? Nine. What is the name of Cat and Andre's son? All right, I'll take the choices. Is it Sam, Rupert, Max, or Johnny? <laughs> Rupert. <laughs> no, it's Max.
3: <laughs> oh, <laughs> <Damn> no. It. <laughs> it's actually Four. not Max. It's it's uh it's longer, but uh, we'll get into that later. Four, five, six,
1: or seven. <laughs> you got seven. the points. Yeah. This was seven. In which country does Kat see another woman dive off the boat? It's in Italy. I think. Uh, that is not 100. the answer that I have in green oh. on my bit of paper. Then it's not Italy. It was actually Vietnam. So you do not get the points there, not that you need them. Four, five, okay. or six, Joe? Right. Five. What does Kat smash when Andre proposes she can leave if she never sees her son again? I'll take the choices. Is it a bottle of vodka, a bowl of raspberries, a laptop, or a crate of plutonium? <laughs> a bottle of vodka. No, it was a bowl of raspberries. Final <sighs> That's question. The one I, that was the one I was sure it wasn't. Uh um, I would have thought a crate of plutonium was the obvious. It's not that. Sorry. Oh, sorry everyone sorry, in the movie sorry. would have died. Sorry, yeah, that,
0: that one and then the raspberries. Okay. The raspberries. Oh.
1: Okay. Uh, four or six? Walter Let's go four. What team color is the protagonist on the temporal pincer mission? It's color easy.
3: He? Because uh, he's actually both colors, but let's say red. He he's is red.
1: red. Red, yeah. And you get two points for that. Joe, you scored maximum points last week. Please don't put up a donut this week. Oh, boy. Uh, How does the inverted protagonist survive when Andre lights his car on fire after he crashes? Difficult, man. I'll
0: take the choices.
1: He escapes the car just before it explodes. Cat drags him out of the burning car the plutonium negates the burning effect, or the heat transfer is reversed and he gets hypothermia instead.
0: I like that last
1: one. He finally gets some points. Or (laughs) a point, I should say. So it's not a bagel. It's a lone, solitary point. But with eight points, Walter, you are a winner. You're going to get a pipe t-shirt. You're going to get a pipe mug. Congratulations. You are a winner. Thank you so
3: much. Thank you so much. It's so nice to be on here. After... uh watching you guys for
0: years we might have to have you back for poker movie monday i kind of like your uh your whole approach to picking these movies apart <laughs> nice all
1: right i'll Thank be you there very much for coming on the show Walter. it was lovely to actually talk to you, you and uh, look forward to seeing you again mm-hmm. in person and seeing you again when we come to produce the barcelona tv shows oh, and i'm yeah, sure nice. you are going to be a huge part of at least one of those episodes Do yes think- it's gonna be fun
0: Do you think you could make the feature table like maybe day four of Cyprus when I'm feeling kind of tired and just could use uh, a little time?
3: (laughs) I'll I'll do that at Prague because I won't be uh, visiting uh, Cyprus because I'm going to Korea tomorrow actually. Wow, Um, South Korea, yeah. There's a League of Legends tournament in uh, Korea going on right now, so I'm going to visit that and watch it. But I'll be in Prague for sure, the whole tournament, the whole series. Alright,
0: buddy, we'll see you there. Nice. Thanks very
3: much, Walter. Thank you so much, guys.
0: Oh, man, I love how when we have, like, uh, a guy who gives back a civil servant on the show, I absolutely smash him in the super fan subject. And then we get a guy who's like, yeah, I got laid off from my job, but I'm so rich that I just became a professional poker player instead, and I got uh, half a point. Fantastic. Really good stuff.
1: What was the difference between those two quizzes?
0: Uh, One is that I'd seen the movie, like, 14 times in my life.
1: And also you rewatched it recently.
0: I guess so. I don't think I was going to be louder either way.
1: Yeah, that- I kind of think that was probably in, in your in destined for sure.
0: <laughs> That's almost all the time we've got for this week's show, my babies. Coming up next time, uh, we got a short little bre- break, quote unquote, for EPT
1: Cyprus. <laughs> yeah, just to be clear, we're not taking a break. We're streaming EPT Cyprus, so we can't produce a podcast.
0: Exactly. Then we'll have the EPT Cyprus wrap up, and yes. before that, before you know it, it's going to be the NAPT preview show. I still can't believe the NAPT is happening.
1: Uh, there's a lot of work to be done before it happens, <laughs> and everyone's very stressed I, I right now. Uh, but yes, suffice to say, our next podcast, which will be in a couple of weeks' time, we'll speak to someone who made an impact at EPT Cyprus, And then we need to find someone who's going to be in Vegas for the NAPT for that preview show the following week.
0: Yeah, so you know what? I would like uh, what would be cool is... Uh, Let's start getting people in the Discord. Uh, if anyone is going to NAPT, if anyone's excited about NAPT, I want to start hearing about what you're excited about, if you're excited about it, all that stuff. Who is our super fan next week, speaking of Discord?
1: Our super or what fan. is the subject? We'll be answering questions about a former poker movie Monday, Molly's Game, the Aaron Sorkin adaptation oh. of Molly Bloom's book is the subject of the next Superfan quiz. I think after that point, I've been a little bit lazy and I haven't booked anyone in. So, again, in addition to the general discussion thread which joe alluded to there is also a dedicated channel to apply to be a superfan on the show so let's start getting those superfan applications coming in and maybe i can get people booked up to the end of 2023
0: i was gonna say we probably don't have a whole lot of episodes left between now and the end of the year what maybe five four uh five i believe five episodes left for the end of the year so get get it in my babies maybe you can play a little poker Over the holidays, if you can manage to, uh, if I can manage to not watch a movie when you're on the show. (laughs) All right, my babies, that is just about all the time we have got for this week's show. Until next time, for James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton. Smell you later.